The Severe MMA Podcast Premium with Sean Sheehan and Graham McDonald. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 184 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me here is the Katie Taylor of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. I keep forgetting to think up of names to call you until I'm right all that came to mind uh, th- yeah this week is kind of going to be a different podcast because there's nothing to talk about so we're just gonna we've, <laughs> we've, we've come in here totally unplanned we're gonna talk shite for Same about we do every week yeah but, but even more this week because we've nothing to talk about we're gonna talk shite for about an hour and then we'll see what happens here graham here's the question for you who's your favorite mma fighter ever before you were um before you were covering mma uh anderson was he? What about Anderson versus Connor? That's a good. There is a good segue. There, talk about Anderson Silva fighting Conor McGregor. Anderson Silva was asked by I think it was TMZ. Did he want to fight Conor McGregor? Yeah, he, he put up sure. big, after Conor said it, he put up a big. I don't know if it was him or his manager, but they put up a big Instagram uh, thing saying I'll be an honor to fight him or some test the striking or the two of the best. So it sounded like something Anderson wasn't saying. Some names manager was saying, but yeah. but yeah, like I'm sure Anderson Silva would love a massive payday. <laughs> it like. I know people might look at it and say, oh, it's an X-145 pounder against an X uh, middleweight champion, but like, and, and I agree to it. Or an X-205. <laughs> yeah, an X-205 is a hundred percent. But like, these things used to happen in MMA all the time. Did he fight? He fought, he fought, honestly, he fought Daniel Cormier at heavyweight. No. Oh, oh, no, it was like 210 or something, was it? Cruiserweight. I think it was. It was, it was, like it was if it's... If it's over 205, it's it's That's it's true. Anyway. That is true. Yeah. But sure, BJ Pin did the same, didn't he? BJ Pin fought Leo Machina at heavyweight. Yeah. yeah. What about Vanderlei Silva fighting Mark Hunt at heavyweight as well? Like, this sort of thing always happened before. I think, like, uh, people, people... But not a forty former 45er. Well, actually, former 45er is probably one who came up. BJ. BJ part of 45. He hadn't at the time, though, when, no, he, he, when he fought Machina. Yeah. There was no 45 division at the time, though, to be fair. Just it's right. No, there wasn't even a 55, or there was just about a 55 in the yeah. UK. But, like, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and, like, they were, they were saying about MMA has changed, and it's not a sport anymore, and stuff, you know, the, the stuff we've been hearing all the time. But MMA has always been like this. Like, I know a lot of people are new to it, and, you know, came out with McGregor and stuff, but... MMA it's more of a sport now than ever. It is. It's well... I think maybe five, four or five years ago, it was more of a sport than it ever was, and it's kind of gone down a little bit now. But it's this, it's not even close to what it used to be like. <laughs> you know, there was fixed fights. I, I was listening to a great podcast with Dave Meltzer the other day, talking about Pancras and stuff back in the day, and you know, b- before the UFC and before Pride, and even and during the early days, there was lo- like there was loads of fixed fights, loads of pro wrestlers fighting. You know, Alberto Del Rio, the the pro wrestler, <laughs> he's coming back to fight again, but he fought Mirko Krokop like it. It's like you're talking about a pro wrestler fighting fucking Mirko Krokop. Pride were more like I know you see here criticized putting on freak shows and stuff, but uh, Pride loved to do that. Like you yeah. know, just get some guy who's seven foot tall in to fight Fedor, like even if he can't fight. Yeah, Aki Bono as well fighting him and all, and like that—that's what I mean was. But even like James Tony coming in to fight Randy Couture, like he'd no business doing that. Like people looking looking at the you know, Floyd coming in to fight McGregor and all this and 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 talking about that, it's like that that happened all the time. Like whatever people, I don't know what people are. Or actually talking about I think you know, James Tony was actually a current heavyweight boxing champion at the time. I know there's so so many stupid belts, but yeah. apparently he was. Yeah, but your fly is the current goal. Like, so if he fought heavy, what's the difference? 
You know, it's it's, and I'm not saying either of them are good, like or or sport. Imagine if he fought, if he actually fought him, how badly eaten up to be. He get fucking smashed. What did we talk about that this week as well? Like Habib fighting Mayweather. Like I, I was, I was talking to the same lad actually. And he, you know, he said about fighting my, or boxing. It's more boxing, isn't it? Boxing. Talking about. Sorry. Yeah. But at the time, like we were talking about McGregor as well and, and Floyd Ives like nah there's no hope of that happening because I thought I think most people thought there was no hope of that happening and you see would have said they'd never cope him out there and it was so against yeah. it in the favor thing like they offered apparently they offered 30 million for six four, or for five point six million a fight mm-hmm. he wouldn't take it because he wanted to cope motion they wouldn't budge yeah. like if they were willing to offer him like Lorenzo was doing the, the negotiations he was willing to offer that much money apparently but he wasn't he just wasn't going to talk about cope mountain mm-hmm. and like yeah. Okay. So they, we thought they wouldn't do that, and that that was fair enough. And look, that was one of the biggest turnarounds ever. But this Habib Mayweather fight makes no sense at all. Like at least McGregor's, you know, he's a he's a very good striker. We all saw that, and there's a way you can promote it. But this, like, unless it's unless it's MMA, and even if it's MMA, it's you're promoting because Floyd Mayweather is coming over to MMA. But if this was boxing, it'd be ridiculous. And I suppose you could promote it on that one punch Habib landed on Connor and say, "Oh, he knocked McGregor down, and uh, Floyd Mayweather didn't, or something." But oh, God Almighty, it, 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 that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah. So Habib's been going. Habib's manager Ali's been going at on Habib's Instagram and Twitter. How depressing would that be though? Like it's, I, I was it was the, the fucking McGregor Mayweather fight was depressing enough, but Habib like against <laughs> Mayweather would just be taking the biscuit altogether. It'd just be, oh god, like <laughs> it'd be how would like there was those press conferences and stuff. Look, <laughs> I don't know. Like does Floyd Mayweather even know who Habib is? Like he only saw him last week, probably for the first time ever. It's absolute madness. Sure, look. These things happen in MMA, I suppose, as Dominic Cruz would say, or, or Gus Johnson, or whoever it is. Gus Johnson, uh, Dominic Cruz. <laughs> Gus Johnson, Dominic Cruz, same thing. What about, actually, another thing I was like was the, the commentary, now that we bring up Dom, Dominic Cruz. Okay. Da- Daniel, Daniel Carmier came out this week and said that he was going to have a, a trial with WWE to do commentary uh, uh, when the Derek Lewis fight is happening, but he got the Derek Lewis fight, so I decided to take that and said. I, I think DC would actually be good at WWE commentary. I think he's a bit... I don't know. He's I like DC, but I think he, he he'll improve. The, like, he'd have to be the like, shill guy who's like with the with Vince McMahon. Oh, I don't watch it wrestling anymore, but like when you know the commentator was Jerry Lawler and he was like you know on the side of the, the, the bad guys. He'd have to be that guy. Yeah. But I, like, I don't know if he'd be... He, he gets too excited, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good for WWE though. I think he could. I think he'd actually be better at WWE. I, li- I like him in MMA, but I don't know. I, I like when I, I. I think a lot of people disagree with me as well. I like a more analytical commentary. Like I love Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz kind of fucked up the McGregor fight. Fair enough, but we we'll, we'll give him one anyway. Like, but I I don't know. D- DC is good a lot of the time. I think DC is actually better by himself when he's with Rogan. They kind of just start joking and laughing and yeah. taking piss in the middle of like serious and boring fights. When both of them were were new together. Like- like uh, Rogan would say something kind of stupid, and Dominic Cruz would be like, "No," and just correct him. But then it's kind of they're more like friendly now or something, and it's yeah. kind of changed it now. Yeah, I suppose a little bit. I, I think he still does it though a bit. He there was there was one stage in one of the fights where where he did it, and Rogan actually did it him as well in the McGregor uh, Habib fight because Dominic Cruz like when Habib was beating him at the end of the second round, Dominic Cruz like. Um, Oh, I think McGregor's trying to wear him out here. <laughs> and Joe Rogan's like, no, he's just getting the shit beat out of him, which is... Yeah, well, like, I think the, kind of, there was, like, a, Rogan was kind of over-exaggerating as well. I think a lot of them were arm and, and shoulder punches, but it definitely wasn't Rogan. You know, 
get wailed on here for a while to yeah. wear the other guy out, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there was, there was talks of, well, there wasn't talks of it, but Mauro Ronaldo put up on Twitter as well that his contract is up or something like that come 2019. What, what do you think of Mauro Ronaldo? He's one of those lads that he's a bit like Marmite, isn't yeah. he? Some people hate him, some people love him. I think he's really good. Uh, I, I thought he came across badly in that documentary he made. Like, he's kind of like up his own arse, but it doesn't really matter as long as his commentary is good. Like, yeah. I didn't what the. the Sky... Rock and roll or bipolar or bipolar oh, yeah. rock and roll. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I've seen that I saw it. Like, and he kind of, I don't know. He just kind of seemed a bit. A bit self-involved or something. All those, all like, well, not all of them, but a lot of those commentators and like MCs and stuff are so bad that way. Yeah, it's like oh, it's even some Irish MMA guys over the years and stuff. They just yeah. love them. It's like, geez, mate, you're, you're terrible. Relax. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, name a few names there. <laughs> Tell us. Oh, just like I don't even know the names. These guys who come in, like you know, just like at the cage contender or something. You'd be like. Never seen him before. He have no idea what he's doing. He's just made us some mate or somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, just like oh, we need an MC. We forgot, like you know, I know how badly these things are organised back in the day. Like, mm. I've always wanted to do MC. I think I'd be really good at it. And <laughs> any any shows coming up want me to do MC? I'll do it. Send me out. I've, I have the loudness. I have the the um, unnecessary overconfidence. I have it all. Like, and the rapist wit. <laughs> oh, so, whoa! What about? Did you see Bruce Buffer that time? He fucked up his knee. That was one of the yeah, dude, funniest t- things ever. Spin. Yeah. No, no, not the spin. Oh yeah, that as well. But like last year at um at uh, International Fight Week, I think they were doing like a karaoke thing, and he like jumped up as he was doing the karaoke, and he fucked up his knee and fell, and then started to dance again, and he just couldn't stand it. It was one of the funniest things ever. Fair play to him for soldiering on though. In yeah, he's a he's a legend. God bless him. But yeah, it's. I remember one time actually in the fighter hotel. Like, it was probably in the UK. They all kind of blend into one. Mm-hmm. But he was Bruce Buffer was shiting on about his app. Oh, oh my god, he just—he wouldn't stop talking to me about it, like, and, I, and he was like, "Will you download it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll download it. Just relax, like, fucking here." I look at my phone, and I'm like, "Here, I can't find it." He's like, "Oh, it's only on Apple." I'm like, oh, "Okay." Oh, fuck. I was just like, "Mate," like, I couldn't stop him talking about his app, and he was like, "Doing press. He's like, "You know, I'm digging like an, an alarm clock." I'm like, "It's time to wake up." I'm like, "This is that was real. <laughs> <laughs> this is years ago. Like, this is so weird. Like, this is Bruce over here watching him for years, and he's just the biggest weirdo ever now." <laughs> He is the biggest weird. Like he's so weird. I'm like, what is yeah. going on here? This is so weird. He is. I can't even remember some of the stuff he was saying to me, but he was just shouting over ages. Couldn't get away. Like, yeah. Like most of the lads, though, I know we we kind of give out about lads being weirder, but most of the lads you would meet are actually really sound, aren't they? Like you take lads, you take yeah. her. Like oh just, well, well, like actually in fairness, like he wasn't unsound in any way. He was just very oh, strange, yeah. like you know. But uh, like most guys in MMA, like just in MMA in general, even media fucking people working for the UFC, you're joining a circus, like you're. You're a bit crazy, like yeah. Like you're, you're you're not just a normal fucking cookie cutter guy, like I don't know. I think like a lot of like, like I remember they were talking to you. I remember coming up to you and you were just talking to Dan Hardy and fucking John Gooden once. It's like two two sound lads. Like I was meeting yeah. fucking Sean Shelby and but Gooden, probably one of the most normal person in in in, in, in the worst for the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. talk to as well like and yeah. you can like you know you can say things to, to them like you know Gooden would be asking you at the start like oh what did you think like ask trying to get information about Connor or like doing like a lot of research you know before, mm-hmm. in fight week talking to whoever he could like trying to trying yeah. to get a feel for what's going on especially like back when you know Connor was obviously John Gooden and Dan Hardy would have known Connor from Cage Warriors but mm-hmm. it was 
it was like the Bushinger fight and the Dave Hill fight were the ones where people just kind of were like, oh, this guy. And it kind of wasn't much known about him, bar those fights, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Even even by people like Gooden. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of, when like you're a Cage Warriors commentator or whatever, there's a lot of guys you're commentating on and you probably don't, you don't know much about their history. But then when obviously when somebody goes out and does the, does the, does what Connor did to, to Dave Hill and Bushinger, then you're, you're obviously going to take a bit of interest and, I think John Gooden as well for a while was doing um he was doing the on the there was like an embedded thing for like European shows called On the Fly. Yeah, he's still doing it, I think, or something like it. Anyway, oh, yeah. he's all with Francis and Gennady the other day. But go on anyway. Yeah, like, he was like he was re- he's a real de- like he really wants to, to do his job well and he's really into it. Like and I think I've seen Dominic Cruz do that as well, where he he basically goes as a media member to media day and like talks to the fighters and like when they're doing their scrums or their interviews mm-hmm. and like that, that's what you got to do. You got to put in put in that effort and people like Hardy and Gooden like they're, they're willing to talk to people like just to try to find an information like some guys are obviously like you know oh, I'm, I'm fucking like I don't I, I don't know Joe Rogan personally but like you know I don't see Joe Rogan going fucking to me today to find out information because he's like oh I'm Joe Rogan I don't need this like you know I'm doing this for years I like, do no problem yeah it's funny actually because uh Last, well, two weeks ago, no, whatever it is, before the McGregor fight, obviously you did, you interviewed Sergei uh, Pikulski of Conor McGregor's oh, wrestling coach. I bottled even saying his yeah. name right after I asked him before <laughs> it started. I was you like, Ugh. I haven't even told you this, actually. I, you know, we did it on Patreon first, but we released it for free, so it's up, I think it's up on this feed if you want to listen to it, but we released it on Patreon first, so I said I'd send it over to John Anik because no one had, um, no one else I don't think had, had interviewed him, so I sent it over to him anyway, and he said thanks and everything, and I thought, oh yeah, it's like, he probably won't even listen to it, it's grand, but like two days later he messaged me back and he's like oh thanks very much i listened to that it was really useful and all i'm you know it's gonna help me with my commentary and i was like that's like imagine how busy he'd be uh, i think it was like the thursday or something of fight week and he actually went and like listened to that you know to, just to to get an extra bit for his commentary yeah. or something like that. that's you know that's how you get professional like, that like, is dedication it, like. because you're literally going it's literally it's like a circus like you're going city to city country to country these guys like a lot, a lot of the time like okay the commentators sometimes are mixed in and out but it's still a lot of traveling and like it's easy it'd be easy to become jaded and just like oh fuck's sake yeah we've even become a bit jaded like we like we yeah, have at times you go through these slumps where you're just like yeah. oh fuck like even embedding a video it's just like oh my god mm-hmm. another one man. Yeah. <laughs> you've been on that now for about a good year haven't you i've i've been grand for like uh, since since this mcgregor habib fight was announced i've been kind of grand i've been kind of getting back into and since we started patreon as well i've been really uh i've no I've, I've got my mojo back but you're still fucked up what's wrong with you you want to get out of it it's just fucking it's so hard to cover it like the, the irish may scene now and because it's just fucking not happening in ireland <laughs> you know what i mean it's just it's just harder to do shit and like the lack of like I know like okay it's, I'm not in it for fucking uh patting the pat on the back or whatever but the, like you try to go to a show and like you you get in you get ahead you get in contact ahead of time you tell them you're gonna come can you set up this area or can we have can we do can we do this can we do this oh yeah no problem well sort of night you get there it's a fucking mess there's nowhere there's no Wi-Fi there's nowhere to do interviews there's nowhere to fucking take photos like you fucking ask them there's nowhere to start. like you know it's just it's a fucking stress like and and it costs us money to do it as well. I, don't, I think people like over the years, people have been like, "Oh, you're making money off these these guys." It's like we're not fucking, we're losing money off them. Mm-hmm. Like, like how are we making money off these guys? Like, what are you yeah. talking about? Sorry, that's a bit of a side tangent there, or no, a side point there. You're but. right, though. Like, I remember we turned up at two different shows at one stage, and I won't say who it is. Bama! <coughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, myself and Patrick had come up from Limerick, and like, Patrick doing the, the photography and stuff for us, like, and there's just, we, we got ahead of time, got the credentials, said we could do it now, and turned up there, like, oh, you can photograph, like, three of the ten fights or whatever, and in the next one, there's no place to photograph. It's like, 
why like who else like uh, not being pricks or anything but like who else is going to give fighters uh, a bigger outlet for you know for their pictures or for uh, you know words about them or whatever than us like who has as much following on on facebook or in a podcast or anything does absolutely fucking no like pt was with us at that stage probably like so absolutely no one like you know it's i don't understand like these people try to shoot themselves in the foot we like we literally done we we try to help like well, it's funny it's <laughs> funny it's funny you know like people like PT and Dave and Dave Fogarty and stuff you know and when they and McGatton when they are working like they work for Severe doing doing loads more work than they're doing or well McGatton's case anyway doing loads more yeah. Irish MMA related work than he's doing now like he basically you know he's not doing Irish MMA shows the Max Life aren't interested in that mm-hmm. but these like Parma just roll out the red carpet like oh you want to do interview oh they, they, you get a scrum they get a one on one first you know it's just like we've been doing this for fucking eight years like what. Well, the fuck is this like you know mm-hmm. it's just like and you know i turned up a bama there a few, a few bamas ago and uh the pr person lydia is like inside and i've, I've been talking to her all week on on fucking facebook messaging about fucking what we're gonna do and all this stuff and arrive at the fucking thing and sitting there for 40 minutes because my name's on the list and she won't fucking answer her phone and come out and you know th- these things are just ridiculous like mm-hmm. it's just like do you not just have a tiny bit of organization? It's just like you're arriving, you're, you're sitting out, you're standing outside in the cold for 40 minutes and you're already in a bad fucking mood before you even get in there. Like. Yeah. And I suppose that, everything's just a fucking shit show. Like. Yeah. That kind even, of, even at the Bama level. Like. Yeah. But like, and, and it's funny you say that because I went to Cage Legacy a few times, which would say it probably is blown, and they've been absolutely great. Like I went in. Yeah. Um, Some of the like, battle zone used to be like Andy Ryan used to be like, mm-hmm. whatever you want. And you get onto him and he'd say, yeah. And then you'd arrive and he'd keep to his word. He wouldn't have fucking completely forgotten about everything. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like most of the shows. Like. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's, it. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's maybe it's because those people who are running those shows, it's their own shows, and they actually care about it. Whereas like Bam and Dim crowd, yeah. they have just like people there who are showing up to get a bit of money and actually get don't away, give a shit. No matter what, like yeah, and, yeah. Don't, and don't give a shit. Like when I went to, it, um, you know, Patrick Foreman was with us as well, and he came in like the other door where like we were supposed to come in the back door, and I just kind of looked up there, and I, I, he rang me. He's like, "Oh fuck, there's a big queue here. I can't get in." And I like said it to uh, Declan Kin, I think his name was, and he's like, "Oh, Patrick's with us." And he like he ran out and went, <laughs> went over and got Patrick in straight away. Like and he like he got us a table right up against the octagon and everything like that and you know that was the, the night of the cage box and stuff and I asked him questions about it like I was asking what's this is this allowed and everything like and he answered him straight away and everything now I report him on the podcast that way like that's that's really good that's what you want and that's you know a lot of people talking you know about all these guys are just looking for free tickets and you know want to get into watch the fight but like when we go there we go to, go to actually do stuff like if I wasn't there that night there would have been no one else tweeting out the results or you know talking about what happened that night with, with that cage boxing fight and everything like that you know it's important for people to be there you know okay we might go to a lot of shows and nothing happen but you have to kind of be at the you know to be to be at the one show where, where things actually actually do happen yeah. i suppose so you know like back in was some, i don't even know what show was some random show and uh carl mcnally hit a rolling thunder into an armbar. yeah you know that never would have been seen if if okay like if I had went up and I'd end up doing a lot of like I don't know maybe not a lot of views but like 150,000 views or something really quickly and being on like inside MMA and stuff like that like and you know it gave Carl McNally a, a, a kind of a chance to kind of make a name for himself that he didn't really take but um but uh you know it's it's fucking 50 shows before that where it's just a normal fucking fight but it's there and then okay in the future you go back and you're like oh James Gallagher now he's fucking one of the best guys in Bellator or whatever, you can go back and look at five or six of his amateur fights and interviews afterwards and see what he was like and watch him develop. Like, and it's interesting, but mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to 
motivate yourself to go oh, across to fucking Scotland or, or England or whatever to to cover these Irish MMA guys or go to Poland or mm-hmm. to, it's expensive and and some guys like you know won't even go out of their way to give you an interview even though you've been interviewing them for for seven eight years like mm-hmm. like they, they seem yeah. to be I don't know they seem to be afraid like what what are we actually going to ask them that you're going to be mad about I don't like, know don't, it's, it's like what, what what I don't understand is like they're like a brand they're their own brand and mm-hmm. like if they don't promote themselves properly nobody's going to do it for them yeah. like you think people are like oh the UFC push this guy or Bellator pushing this guy. They push the guys who push themselves, who yeah. it's easy to push. That are you just give them a okay, you give them a little help along the way because they're already doing the work by themselves, and you know that this is a good investment. Mm-hmm. There's some guys who's like yesing and knowing at, a, at at every interview and just like not saying anything. You're just not gonna you're not gonna put them. You're not gonna try to get him on a fucking TV show or a radio show because you know he's gonna fucking not do not do well. Who who do you reckon Severo May has interviewed more than anyone else? What fighter? I don't know. That's an interesting one. Would it be Conor McGregor? Um, how many do you have of Conor? I don't know, I was, it was like 15 or something like that. There's a lot of many there. There's like a playlist yeah. over in But like, even if it's not, he's definitely up there in the top three or four anyway. Like, that tells a story. Like, James Gallard has done a lot of interviews as well back through there. Like, the guys with the biggest names are the guys who could go get out there and do it. Like, look look at any of the old McGregor interviews. Like, Connor what? came to me over at a ball zone. He's like, yeah. you know, uh, when when you started filming me, we, were, we started filming Paddy Houlihan and, and Roddy for the cage contender thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was actually going to film you, but then you got injured and whatever and he's like oh well, fucking i'll be back training whatever and fucking you know he went after it like he mm-hmm. made he like we, we were like i attended on doing it but like and the, the injury happened or whatever but he like kept on it like you know you just didn't like sit back and hope like oh i hope he rings you know or i hope something happens you gotta go make it happen yeah i know like mcgregor thing is fucking once in a lifetime fucking never gonna happen again more than likely but like it doesn't have to be to that level but you gotta put yourself out there you know pt We'll be doing interviews for the Gazette with with with, with Connor, like Connor, like we'll be just putting himself out there, trying to get his name out there. You know, he'd be he'd be doing everything he can, even when there was no interest in Irish MMA, and everybody was like, "Oh, there's no good fighters in, in Ireland." Now people are actually looking to be impressed by Irish fighters, mm-hmm. and lots of the guys still aren't doing. Oh, it's just very strange. I don't know what they think. What they think is, is the game is yeah. like. I think Richard Kiley is probably the one guy now who is actually doing it and doing it pretty well, and he's <laughs> got himself a bit of a name, like because he's do, done that. And even though he's what, what two and one or whatever, you know that that's the kind of thing that, that you need to do. Like, and if you want to, yeah, show, you two and one back when Connor was trying to promote himself, like everybody yeah. like, hey, what the fuck is a stupid exactly, guy. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And if look, if you're one of those fighters, email me Sean at severemay.com and we'll get you on Patreon. No bother. But like a lot, a lot of guys, and I've you know you know I've, I've tried to get a few guys on. And like most guys, one guy told me, oh, I'll meet you uh, on uh, Skype there tomorrow at three o'clock, whatever. So I got on three o'clock, called him on Skype, no answer. Half three, no answer. Four o'clock, no answer. Half four, no answer. Then I was like, I, I text him, I, I DM'd him and everything. No, no good. Next day, no, no good. I haven't heard from him since. And that was about fucking three months ago. Like, that's, and it, like, it. this is, this is not a guy who who I would benefit from having on like he's not going to get us any Patreon subscribers or anything this is a guy who had a, a lot of people you know we, we do an article on him afterwards after we do the interview and on and who'd get a lot of uh, shine from this like it's these guys are actually shooting themselves in the foot like it's you know if you want to be just a fighter who fights and doesn't do any interviews you know like a Charlie Ward or something, fair enough do that but most guys are not like that most guys are want to fight well, that's, that's want Charlie to be famous being himself exactly, though as well yeah. like, exactly but like most guys want to be famous and didn't want to actually do interviews or put in you know put in the time or chase things or anything like that and that's i suppose that's 
you know that's the nature of being a fighter as well you're a fighter and maybe you you don't know all those things about him which, which is like a good point i was talking to philip o'connor the other day and he said a lot of the fighters don't have a clue how to deal with media don't have any training or anything like that even like no, i'm not just saying the irish fighters but the ufc fighters and everything like that it's it's not easy as well like it, it really isn't but like when someone throws an opportunity in your way to sit down for 15 minutes like uh, uh, you know answer a phone call for 15 minutes it's not exactly the hardest thing in the world to pick up your phone and actually talk to them or yeah. if you're at and an event people talk to you, yeah. like a lot of a lot of people are cagey they're, like, they're they don't trust you it's like well i'm only gonna write what or put out what you say so yeah. <laughs> you know, i'm not just gonna make stuff up mm-hmm. and people won't be themselves like you, you chat to somebody in, in a gym half an hour and you'd be like oh we're ready to do an interview with you do a podcast and then you ring them up or get them on skype or go down to interview them with the microphone and then second there's a recorder there that is completely different mm-hmm. completely different yeah but it, it is hard as like well people but- like, uh, like james is an example like where like people think they know james from interview interviews but like james gallagher but he's completely different than people would think like if you were just never met james and never knew james um, and you were just looking at interviews. You think he's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. And okay, like his 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 interviews and his stuff is is working. Like he's probably a bad example in terms of what we're talking about here. But like, I'm just people just need to put themselves out in a way like Kobe Covington or James, whether the villain or just be themselves. Mm-hmm. Basically, all this like kind of like oh, not wanting to offend anybody or like all this kind of like safe stuff like when you have a big win in the cage after in the UFC or something, and they're like, who do you want to fight next? And you're just, oh, whoever, Sean Shelby and Joe Silva and Mick Maynard or whatever. It's just, oh, my God. Yeah. But there's... You're not trying to win here. You're not trying to win here. That can work for some guys, but very few. Like, you, if you're not... Say, like, that could work for, like... like if uh, George St. Peter was down on his knees being like, give yeah. me a title shot, give me the champion. Exactly. You know, like, Conor McGregor's, like, fucking... Tell Jose I'm coming, all this mm-hmm. shit. Like, he's after him for years. Like, you know, this, this was what builds these big fights. And, and he's a prize fighter. You're trying to want to be in big fights. Like. Yeah. like, even if it's even if it's a stupid one, like, it's something that could happen in the future. Even if you're, like, <laughs> just ranked in the UFC, just and, and you're a featherweight, and Max Holloway, I'm coming for you. This is it. I don't care who's next, but you're going to be there eventually. Like, do something like that. It's it's not that hard. Three or four lines, you know, you can you can build something up, and people might call you an idiot or something. But th- at least they'll know you. And, like, if you're a featherweight, and you're coming into the UFC, and you say, I want to fight Max Holloway, is that actually a lie, even if you're ranked number 50 in the world? It probably isn't. That's probably where you actually want to get. So why not, you know, set your sights mm. for that? And Yeah, I remember when uh, Dan Marquez made that uh, Conor McGregor, the Rise of Conor McGregor documentary for MTV before he signed for the UFC. Yeah, and uh, myself and Paddy and Gav helped a little bit with it. And Conor said, and like he's you know, kind of Dem was Dem Marquez was asking him, oh, uh, Conor's talking about Aldo, and he's kind of asking him, you know, is Aldo like a bit kind of far in the future? And mm-hmm. you know, how do you think? Do you not think like you kind of need a few fights before that or whatever? And Conor's like, you think I'm afraid of him? Like I've, I've been studying him, watching him for years. Like you know, I'm coming for him. Like you know. Yeah. That's the kind of attitude you need. Like, yeah. like okay, like GSP, like he's more quiet about it. He's not like kind of nice about it. But he he he's sitting at home thinking like you know I'm at, he's coming from Matt Hughes for years. Like you know I know he is. Like, mm-hmm. He may not like say his name because he's kind of like a nice guy. He doesn't want to make it personal or whatever. But he would have before he fought Matt Hughes, he would have been watching him for years. Planning on taking that belt off him. Mm-hmm. It's it's a funny thing though because Chris Whiteman was Anderson watching Anderson Silva. I was just thinking, about to I'm say gonna it. take yeah, I'm gonna take that belt. I've been studying. I'm watching him since I, since I started MMA. Like, do you, do you reckon you know, that's sort of gone a little bit though, hasn't it? Because there isn't really long reigning champions anymore. It's got you yeah. know. Well, some guys are some guys are happy to be in the U just to get to the UFC and be in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Some guys are 
being in the UFC is just a first step in terms of, oh, I want the belt, or I want the first double champion, or I want the first treble champion, or I want whatever they're asking they're after. Like, I want the first... Connor wanted 25 million a fight for a fight, and he wanted two, three belts, you know, and everybody's like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, and he says he wants the first 100 million contract, and everybody's like, this guy's out of his mind. But, like... You gotta, you gotta yeah. aim for these. Some guys are just happy to aim for the UFC and get there, and that's great. Like, fair play to them. Yeah. But it's but like, if, it's kind of like the, the guy who's celebrating silver at the Olympics. He's probably not going to be there next year that. with the gold. Like, yeah. You know. I hate that. I always thought it'd be better to get fourth than second. I'd hate, like that'd kill me if I came second in the Olympics. I'd hate a silver medal. Just standing it's, on a podium. And yeah. Like, Fuck that. It's, it's actually funny. Like, you never see uh, like Michael Schumacher or somebody like celebrating no. a fucking second. Like, no, unless it just clinched them the world championship. You know, it, it, like. It, even if it, even if it did, even if it was like Michael Schumacher was like just won the, the fucking constructor championship and the championship, and he finished second in the race, he'd probably be pissed. Do you know what the, the <laughs> do, you know what, <laughs> you know what I mean? do you know what the most insane thing is though? That people who win the gold are ones who are still pissed as well. You know, like yeah. uh, who who was I listening to the other oh, day? I could have had a better time if I hadn't uh, yeah. done this little. You know, I was listening to oh, who fucking was it? It was it was an X Man United player anyway, and they were talking about after they won the the Champions League, I think it was. Um, Alex Ferguson came into the dressing room after the Champions League final, after Man United had just beaten Chelsea. And Alex Ferguson goes to him, all of you are getting sacked if we don't get it, win it again next year, and walked out <laughs> right after they had won it. Like, that's what it takes to be a winner. Like, it really, that, that's what it takes. Okay, you have to enjoy it and everything like that, but you can't enjoy it too much. Yeah. You, you know, you have... Somebody like Ronaldo or somebody like even Messi and like Suarez like and like Suarez will let you like if in, in order to try and win he'll handle the ball on the line and get himself sent off he'll fucking bite people he'll he'll do whatever like he's he just wants to win so bad like mm-hmm. you know and that's that's yeah. like that makes up for like a lot of like maybe where you don't have some talent like or you don't have speed like Suarez like that but like when you have both together like Messi and Ronaldo and like that's Pop, exactly it yeah, you just, it's just it's just so hard to to stop somebody with that ability and that mindset. And it's funny as well because in fighting you need those two things, but you also need, as we were talking about there, the ability to kind of market yourself and everything. Like that. And it's funny because just as I looked at my phone there, Aaron Chalmers retweeted the the podcast tweet, and like people, and I'm not saying like Aaron Chalmers is a great example or anything like, but people need to find what is going to make them not not famous or anything, but make them kind of likable or you know get a little bit of a niche fan base. Like exactly, like but people. People kind of give out about Aaron Chalmers and say oh, he's a reality TV star and all, and he's getting you know easy fights and everything. Which okay, yeah, fair people are like, oh, he's taking the place of these guys who work so hard. It's like no, he's giving them more exposure because yeah. ITV don't care about these guys, but they care about Aaron Chalmers. And then you can put Fabian Edwards right after him or right mm-hmm. before him. You know, it's just like it's not it's not, it's not rocket science. Yeah. But like, I, I really do think you just need to find your thing. Like, Aaron Chalmers has his thing. He doesn't need to find it. You know, Conor McGregor found his thing. You just need to find your thing. Like, Derek Lewis has found his thing by just being himself, by being a gas man on Instagram. He's like 3 million followers on Instagram or whatever now. Like, that's it. That's, you just need to find, you know, what what's you. And if you're, a, like, a boring guy or whatever, just just be that. Like, that that's what you're going to be. Just, just you know, put everything you have into being a, a, a great fighter. Like, and Be boring James Milner. Like, yeah. like take the piss out of how boring you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if, if you're not funny, dumb, like, that, like be like that. Be, the final, be like, what are you doing? I'll go home and have a Rabina. Like, you know, just, yeah. like, make fun of it. Like, just, like, I don't know. Just don't be so uptight in uh, when you're doing interviews or you're, you're being recorded. Like, just... I know people freeze up. I know, like, it, it takes a while to get comfortable. Like, even like you know, people like Connor and John, all these guys who are like 
don't even notice the cameras around anymore or act completely normal when the cameras around now mm-hmm. at the start there like it, it takes a while like you, you have to do these interviews in order to become comfortable like. yeah I, like i was so often on the podcast like, watch our first interview watch our first interview with connor from cajun tender fucking whatever it was mm-hmm. um and uh like i'm fucking shouting at him and he's fucking looking around the place and moving out of the frame and you know not being himself because it's awkward, like, and I never, I haven't really done it before. He hasn't really done it before. We're just going to do it in order to become more comfortable at it. Yeah. People don't want to do interviews or they, oh, you want to do this? Oh, yeah, yeah, I talked to my show. Oh, yeah, great. I'd love to do it. And then you try to ring them and try to Facebook them, no reply. Or as you say, they say, oh, 3 p.m. this day. And then fucking you're sitting there all day waiting. Like, mm-hmm. And then you don't hear from them again. Like. Yeah, it's funny. Just like the, about being comfortable and stuff. I remember the first time I did a podcast, I did it with Steffi over in, uh, it was probably Tap Out Radio back then, but the Three Amigos. And she said to me beforehand, I'll ask you a question now. Just keep talking and answer everything you have to say about it. Which was like, and like a really, really great piece of advice. Like people, sometimes people just answer and like, oh, I have to answer this in like you know forty five seconds, and that's it. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to be concise, but they can't get their point across. Then. Well, yeah, exactly. Most things are on the internet now. Like if you know, if I get you know, if I get fucking Artem Labov on here to do an interview and he talks for twenty minutes on one question, that's grand. I can put that out, no problem. Like it's not on the radio. We don't have to cut this down. Like it's it, this is the internet. It's it's different. Like and okay, you know, we, we try to keep this podcast to an hour or whatever, but that that's just us. You know. <laughs> yeah it never is yeah but if we've like two hours worth of stuff to talk about we'll talk for two hours you know that that's the start of thing it's the internet it, things have changed an awful lot so i think it's you know just just keep talking just be natural be yourself and and, and just talk but yeah look it's 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 an interesting time though as well and i think it's interesting to talk about what, what about irish mma in general like it it, fe- it seems like bam are gone like they haven't announced anything did this card is supposed to be coming up here and like 35 days or whatever it is on, on December it's 9th. It's hard to put on a show yeah. because it's just so much more expensive and there's all these problems and this, the whole, like, scans are much more stringent. It's just a lot more hassle and it costs a lot more money to have the trauma room and all this stuff. And it's understandable. These promotions, like, aren't... A lot of these promotions aren't turning over money hand over fist. Like, it's not as if this is a gold mine MMA fucking events, like. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty understandable, but it's just a shame, like, you know, and... <laughs> Because the Irish MMA's team was so strong, like and like you know the Irish guys would years ago would go over to a British show to fight on them, and they just they just clean they just cl- like clean up like it was just it was a, some of the amateurs were were like professionals in in the UK and regional mm-hmm. new to regional shows like you know and it's just different now because it's so hard like it's, it's so hard to get fight like yeah, guys that are trained never made it like they don't have a lot of money like and, mm-hmm. and they can't slide themselves over to these places and these promotions in like you know liverpool fucking glasgow whatever they're on a tight budget as well they don't want to fly a bunch of guys over put them in hotels and all it's, it adds expense yeah so guys aren't able to fight as often ma league is gone so so guys aren't uh, ma league was like kind of where people before amateur would go uh years ago in ireland and they've they fight without grounded strikes and without, I think it was like without punches to the head at all, mm-hmm. and without grounded strikes at all. Or maybe you're allowed hitting the chest on the ground. It was it was like it was basically like a kind of readying them for amateur. Now it's kind of like oh, I just got to get a fight or this this I'll turn pro because uh, this guy is off or this promotion is offering me a fight in in London or whatever, and I'll go over and turn pro. And it's kind of there's no real option if you want to fight. You kind of just got to take what's going now at the moment, and yeah. it's a shame because. It was such a strong, such a strong scene, and the fighters are still there. But the IMMAFs are good, but they're not. They're just not regular enough, and they're on the other side of the world most of the time. And guys have to pay for themselves or sort of go fund me or whatever. And it's, it's a lot of effort and a lot of work. And 
it's great for them. Like the the MAS are great. Like you know, um, fighting every every what two days or whatever for mm-hmm. for a week, making making weight is the only kind of issue. But, but at least with the SPG guys, with like Franz Malambo and Sinead, and all, they just fought up a weight mm-hmm. when they were going up weight, and that's fine as well. Like this, like weight cutting an amateur is like don't kid yourself making weight an amateur for no money. Like what, what like just. It's just a lot of things that you have to hoops you have to jump through and extra expenses you have to you have to pay as a promoter and a lot of a lot of extra just a, just a lot of extra work. Yeah, it feels like it feels like it, 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 we're stuck in a hole now, and like because it's it's not just you know there's a lot of talk about the, the fighters haven't got the money to you know to get the the CT fans and 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 do that and all, which is you know that's one part. You know, I think um, PC did an interview with. Um, uh, Kowser, what's his first name again? Paul. Paul Kowser, yeah. I always call him Phil for some reason, but Paul Kowser, yeah. Um, and, you know, he was talking about the di- you need to differentiate between M- uh, professional MMA and amateur MMA. And I think that's a good point because, okay, to put on a professional MMA card, it's pretty hard. Like, you could put an amateur MMA card on in, you know, any GA hall or, you know, gym or anything and invite people around to do it. Like, I think Ireland needs more of that, but it's that. I, I think there's a difference between that you know paying for the ct scans and all that and then paying promotions to put on these you know these these special rooms and all and obviously they'd have to do it as well but it's you know it's uh, you know because you have to rent the venue and everything like that and a big venue and all and it's going to be really expensive and you know whether it's bam or cage legacy or cage warriors or whoever renting a big venue it's it's you know it's going to be tough for them but like ireland needs like a fucking you know a millionaire to to you know give dan healy fucking you know, fifty grand or whatever to you know the the forty MMA fighters who want to have their CD scans who haven't had them before. Here's the money to pay for it, like, and you know here's here's a gym or here's a, a building with a a fitted um, you know trauma room that you can have events on you know ten times a year. Like that's the sort of thing Ireland need, but we just don't have that. Like, I'm whoever you know, maybe it could maybe be Conor McGregor. Shakes it over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you know, maybe Conor McGregor is the man to do that. You know, maybe it'd be a good way to get back in the good books, but put put up a hundred grand and you know, for for the next two years, Irish haven't made be set, and you know, just let people go out there and fight, have it, and do it for amateur only. Like, I'm not not saying pro, like, but amateurs cover. Uh, you know, over over the, those couple of years, that that's what Ireland needs. Like, without that, you can't see it because all the, all these lads, you know, like Cowser and you know even John Cavan to an extent and Andy Ryan and lads up the well, it's different for lads up the north because they can put on fights and stuff. But you know, these guys are aren't making a shitload of money. Like these guys are running gyms like anyone else, and for them to be gym runners and and coaches and put on you know be businessmen as well, that's tough. Like it's 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 not going to be easy to you know to put on all of that, and you know it's it's not easy for the fighters. You know, it's it's really a tough position here for for the people. It's it, it's hard. It's to a see short any career interest. as well. Like yeah, like it's just like year or two or three while while it waits to see if it be recognised by the the sporting council in Ireland is a lot of time for a lot of these guys, especially if you're if you're in your mid twenty mid or late twenties already and you're you're a fighter mm-hmm. in our in Ireland. It's tough. Like if you don't have the money to be flying over and get, taking fights, like or you're not high profile, like like. On, on the regional scene like maybe like Peter Greeley or something that like you know KSW and Fight Nights want to fly you over or EFC or whatever it's it's really tough like you know and the time is slipping away for a lot of these guys alright so I suppose we better talk about the, the couple of fights coming up this weekend and answer a few other questions before we go but I, I enjoyed that now it was a, a good uh, for for, a, for for the odd time to, to have a little bit of a podcast last night like that uh, I suppose you know coming from the Irish MMA team Artem Lobov was fighting Michael Johnson this weekend, obviously he was forced to fight uh, Zubar to to Uh but you know, obviously he assaulted Conor McGregor, so that's that's not happening. This Michael Johnson fight is um, maybe not Allegedly. as tough. 
<laughs> Maybe not a t- a tougher fight, but I think it's a very, very tough fight as well for Artem, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough fight. Um, Michael Johnson's obviously fought uh, at fifty five most of, most of his career as well. He's he's a big guy and he he can turn to wrestling when when he needs to. I think on the Ultimate Fighter, uh, I don't know what number it was, but he was he was basically just a wrestler back then and. Uh, in the, in the Habib fight, you know, okay, Rogan exaggerated, his, but he exaggerated, but he landed a couple of shots on Habib, and he he's fought at a high level. He's fought some high level guys, some other high level guys as well. He's beaten uh, he's beaten Dustin Poirier, Edson Barboza, Joe Lozon, Gleason Tebow, and Tony Ferguson. That's some fucking yeah. record of people he's beaten, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus. So for, yeah, but this, you know, it's obviously a very very tough fight. I, I don't think Mike Johnson is what he used to be, or he's last three of his last four but I think it's it's going to be a very very tough night for Artem to be honest I, like I think Artem has improved so much and people you know, I was thinking about this the other day like himself and Carl Pinder as well back in the day are, it's weird they, they become like running jokes and it's it's very odd like these lads have put in a lot of work over a lot of time like and uh, you know especially Carl because you know Artem has kind of always been you know McGregor's sparring partner and stuff so you can kind of understand that a little bit and you know his record isn't the, isn't the best but Carl, Carl had a great record you know he was a good fighter he wasn't the best fighter in the world like he admit that himself but like you know, it was, it was, I thought I always thought that was very odd. And I think it's odd, odd as well with Artem, but you know, this is probably. But there's a lot of people yeah. that like you know they don't like Connor, and then you see her promoting that Connor's Connor's training partner is, is they're talking about that, and people are gonna are gonna watch Carl Pendred, and if he if it's a split decision, they're gonna be like, oh, it's a robbery because they don't like SBG or they don't like Connor, they don't like they don't like any of the guys. Like you know, there's it's a bit of that going on, I think as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, look, it, sh- it should be a good fight. I think Artem has improved an awful lot, and he's you know he's he's striking has gotten an awful lot better, and I think that especially that. Uh, the fight he had, what's his name? The t- team Alpha Mel guy, the Japanese guy. Um, oh, uh, Ishihara. Ishihara, yeah, that was that was a, a really good performance and, and stuff like. And I think he showed the improvements he had made, and you know he got a lot of respect after that fight. But I think Michael Johnson is is another step up from there, and you know I'd, I'd expect Johnson to win it. But if if Artem could win it, it'd be obviously the biggest uh, biggest victory of his career, and and uh, probably get him an, another few shots in the UFC. And if he doesn't, I, I'd say it'll probably be his, la- his last shot. But look, it should be... Uh, Do you think it'll be a last shot just because he's so valuable outside of the UFC to other promotions? But is he like is he valuable enough that they'd actually care? Like, you know, that... Well, Conor McGregor is probably going to turn up at, the, at his fights more than likely. Yeah. Hmm, maybe, I suppose. Yeah. Like, you see how much Bellator loved when Conor turned up for the Charlie Ward fight. Like. The, yeah, but like... <clears throat> the UFC don't seem to care about signing Irish guys recently like they've kind of you know they've all gone to Bellator with some, some good guys and they've kind of just let them go I think I don't think they're you know I don't none think they're really names. Care. none of them are names outside of uh, on the world stage yeah I suppose except yeah. for maybe Jane yeah and Artem is the co-man of Intier as well on Saturday night but you know what's actually not, not a bad card so I suppose you know the yeah, you know, they did. He's a name, people know him. Like, people either like him or hate him. Like, you know, people know him, people care. Yeah, it's true. I suppose, I suppose people love him. like, you know, you watch yeah. the Reddit thread, and there's like hundreds of comments about Artem. Most of them are slagging him, calling him the torso or Flowbot, or you know, quoting something that Connor said to him from the Ultimate Fighter. Or, mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like people, people know about him, people have an interest in him. People, people, there's like what 500. More UFC fighters, thousands and thousands of MMA fighters mm-hmm. around the world, and people don't know or care about them. But yeah. people know and care about our time either way. That's true. That's true. What about the main event here, Volkan Odzimir versus Anthony Smith? Two kind of similar enough, hard hitting guys. I think Volkan is very dangerous early. Anthony Smith has improved very an awful lot. How, uh, it's 
this is a tough one to see how, how it actually goes, isn't it? I think Uzumir will probably take him out early, but if he doesn't, it could be a really close fight. I, I think I, I think Volkan is going to win either way. I think he'll either knock him out early or he'll he'll hurt him early and and win the fight by decision. But I can see there being some hairy moments as well because uh, Anthony Smith, as you said, has improved a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe Uzumir, like you know, it kind of some guys. That, Look at Francis Ngannou after he lost there. <laughs> you know, a loss can change people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Smith has eight eight losses by knockout. You know, obviously the 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 DC fight uh, for Odzimir was his only uh, only loss in the in the UFC so far. He'd one loss as well in uh, in Bellator before that. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see how he comes back. You know, it's it's almost a year as well, but it's like ten months or whatever since uh, since he lost uh, to DC as well. So it's interesting to see how he comes back. And I think it's called probably going to be a hard hitting one early, probably pretty exciting over the first couple of rounds. Although it's hard to know with, with a lot of guys, a lot of times with these guys when they kind of move up to the the five round fights or you know get the fight over five rounds, even if you know if they if they've fought five rounds previously, uh, how they change up their game. You know if they're going to fight over long distance or if they're you know Volkan talks about being no time. He goes out and knocks guys out in the in the first. 10 seconds of fights like is he going to do that or is he going to play a longer game I think if he did that might play into Anthony Smith's uh, hands a little bit but I, I do th- I don't think he will do that I think he will come out and try to hit him hard early and Smith you know Smith's a guy as well who's taken damage in the past and come back and you know win fights or you know take a bit of damage come back and then knock you out so like I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this I think it's, it's a good fight Smith is a, especially for Smith like he can be a guy who kind of moves himself up towards you know getting a title shot or something like that you know he's beaten Shogun Hu and Rashad Evans you know two guys who are past their prime obviously but two still two legends uh, after losing to, to Thiago Santos so and he's you know he's a win over Hector Lombard as well when he you know moving up from uh, moving up from middleweight I believe so it's it's an interesting you know interesting fight and, and a big fight for, for Anthony Smith especially um Misha Sarkonov as well Patrick Cummins is on that card uh, like Misha Sarkonov is, is a really good prospect obviously he got knocked out uh, as well by by Volkan Odzimir and he got beat by uh, Glover Teixeira as well but I still think he's a he's a good prospect and that Glover Teixeira fight you know, but was was you know one round like like the Odzimir fight, but uh, pa- Pat Cummins is a guy. You know, he's a really good wrestler and all. He you know, dangerous against him. Mitch Sorkinov is a good wrestler as well, but you know, it's 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 an interesting fight. But I think Sorkinov should take that deal. Yeah, I think I think Sorkinov will, but Pat Smith is like a kind of hard nosed wrestling guy, and, and and if he can if he can tire him out and hold him down, then you never know. But yeah, no, if I was betting, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be betting on him. Yeah, uh, Jean Valente, Ed Herman should be should be a bit of fun. Alex Garcia, at Court McGee should be a good, that should be a tough battle. Mm-hmm. That, that'll go three rounds anyway. If you're betting on that, bet the over, bet the bet the three rounds on that. Uh, Nardine Taleb, Sean Strickland should be a good fight. Sarah Morris is always fun to watch. Sean Strickland well. fights are never really good though, are they? They're always kind of like a slow spar. Spawns, yeah, spawns. Uh, Arjun Buller as well. One of the worst fighters in the UFC is back. That he's <laughs> he's back. He's back. But he's sometimes if he can get on top of you and use his wrestling, he's he's good. But if he gets on the bottom or if he gets you know striking, he's he's pretty bad. But Stevie Ray as well is fighting on that. <laughs> Stevie Ray is a guy who opening the, open up the card here. This is a guy who was did he win five fights in a row in the UFC or no four out of five or something like that? Yeah, he beat Jolo's on Ross Pearson two in a row there at one stage. Although he lost to Paul Felder and Cajun Johnson, but you know this is a, this is a big fight for him as well, coming off of two losses and obviously you know and Irish and, and UK and Scottish MMA. It's a, it's a big fight for him. So yeah, I'm looking looking forward to to, to seeing that and uh, seeing how it goes. 
right, let's get into some questions here, Graham. Let's go over to <coughs> to Patreon and answer some of these. Sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. You'll have the, the Q&A on Tuesday. You'll have the rewatch on Thursday. And you'll probably have something else uh, in the middle on Wednesday or Friday or something. I'm just, I'm just get Tommy to hold on, actually, in the next couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I've, I asked him, actually, a couple of weeks ago, and he said he would do it. So I'm just get him on uh, in the next couple of weeks. So that's something you have to look forward to if you sign up now. You'll have that before the end of the month, possibly. How many days have we into before the end of the month? Nine. Yes, you will have that before the end of the month. So I'll, I'll get on to Tommy Hall. All right. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. Go to severemail.com forward slash points. It's actually, the, I really enjoy doing Patreon. And I think people would enjoy it. I think they get their value for the money. I was, I was actually talking to someone and they were saying like, how can I help you get more Patreon subscribers? Because like not enough people are actually signed up and people would enjoy it. And people, you know, it's it's value for money. So you get early access to this podcast as well. And I, think, I, I don't know how to sell it any better. But if you want to support us and if you actually want more podcasts, because if, if this grows and if it like maybe doubles from where it is now, which which is a possibility if the people listening to this who are thinking about it actually do go and sign up, we're like, we're going to change it. We're going to have podcasts every day, but it's not feasible at the moment to do it. But if it grows to a certain amount where it's feasible for us to do podcasts every day, uh, me anyway i'll be here and i'll be doing podcasts every day so you know if you're signing up it's it, it, you know it's like a it's like a what are, what are them things called you know the the kickstarter or something like that it's like signing up for a kickstarter because this is going to become a business this is going to become a five days a week every day podcast if you know if you sign up and if enough people sign up so if you want to do it and you know i want to be in it for the long haul that's how you do it and that's how you 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 change the game you can disrupt this game there you go i hate fucking that <laughs> word what a, what a stupid fucking word i hate it but anyway Brian Harrington, do you think Connor's previous move to boxing was a, a determinant factor, a deter, deterrent, I think he says, in his MMA striking? Boxing is uh, cleaner angles and more technique. Could this have taken away from his unpredictable striking style? What do you think, Graham? Um, I don't think the the training camp and the, the boxing thing went on for long enough for it to have too much of an effect, to be honest. Yeah. It, it's so difficult to know because this this fight was like... He didn't really get to show anything, did he? Because it was by the time the third round came around, he was tired, and Habib laid on top of him for for two rounds. And you, you know, he he just didn't look himself. Now maybe that was him, and maybe he would have looked like that from the first round. But we don't really know. Like you, you can accuse McGregor of having cardio, and you can accuse him of having well, the first bad striking. 30, but I don't think he can seconds. do both together. Well, yeah, the first thirty seconds he was dominating. Like even the the takedown attempt from Habib. If if Conor had a trusted opposition, it could have been a different story, as we talked about. But as you say, once you're, once you've been like wailed on for for a couple of rounds, and it's a, it's a different story, and you're you're in a, you're in a different mind frame of I need to, I need to get him out of here now as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. It, it, look, it could have, um, but I think McGregor always kind of once he changed up from throwing lots of kicks and stuff like that, which he did for the Diaz fight and the Eddie Eddie fight uh, a lot, the, the second Diaz fight, I think he's had very much a boxing style. I think would have actually improved his striking. You know, we talked about it before and improving his striking. Now, it didn't turn out that way, or we, at least we didn't see it, but I don't think you can kind of throw away that analysis of it just because it went badly for him, but I, I think it was probably the, the lack of preparation time he had for it, being away from MMA for two years, and obviously, you know, concentrating on boxing and not wrestling and stuff like that didn't help. I think that was a big determining factor, and also a big determining factor was Habib Nurmagomedov, he's fighting, and he's one of the best fighters in the world, and he's an excellent wrestler. He could have practiced for five years wrestling for Habib, and it still could have been a tough night for him, so there's that as well. Uh, question from Davey Ray over on, over on, what's the name of it? Um... WhatsApp, you can text us, 087-3644-602. Get us, get on to us there, send us voice messages. Uh, Davey says, um, what can the UFC do about constant fights falling through due to fighters pulling out? Accidents can happen, but this has gone beyond a joke at this stage. 
Uh, we talked about this last week, I think, or a week before. It's just, it's always been like this. Yeah. What What can you do? And I think it's, you know, people see it more now because there are more fighters. You know, it's it's just, it's it's, it's happening more because there are more t- events. There are more fights to fall out. And, you know, it's always, when you have to train that much, like, think about it, you know, when you have to train your boxing, you have to do jiu-jitsu, you have to do strength and conditioning, you might have to go over and do yoga, you might have to, you know, you have to do loads of different things. It's, it, it's it's actually amazing that more people don't get injured. To be honest, it's they just have to cram. Well, everybody's so much injured. In. It's just the injuries that you have to pull out of the fight or not. Uh, it's very rare that a fighter would go to a full training camp and not be injured. Yeah, it is. Uh, Owen Heffernan, not your typical MMA question, but is it a bad look for fighters to take fights with brave uh, CF, considering the promotion's ties to Monarch, guilty of shocking human rights violations, as reported by Karim Zidane, or is uh, or is their own career more important? I've been disappointed to see Irish fighters take fights there recently. This is a tough one, really, isn't it? Because uh, MMA is one of those things where you know, if, unless you're fighting in, in the UFC and. If, you know, even in the UFC, you know, uh, Ari Emanuel had had ties to Saudi Arabia only up until this week, until that thing happened, and and Endeavor even, and they, you know, they kind of cut out of it. Like there's there's all these owners and all these groups have, well, not all of them, but lots of them have ties to different things. You know, if <laughs> being ethical and and deciding where you're going to go as an MMA fighter is is tough. You know, it's it's tough because there aren't that many places to go. A lot of you know. A lot of these places have 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 odd ties, and you know maybe I I don't know. Are a lot of fighters even looking into that? They're looking at like what what are you offering? Where am I going to get fights? Am I going to get a paycheck? And I, you know, as we talked about for half an hour earlier, it, it's hard to be picky, isn't it? Yeah, you just got yeah, you just got, like doesn't <laughs> doesn't there's not a lot of promotions that are going to pay you well. A lot of promotions are going to pay you terribly. So you got you got to make a living. People have like families and kids and bills, and you know it's. It, you got to you got to take beggars can't be choosers in, in a, lot of, a lot of times as well, and you also uh, it's a limited it's a limited time in your career. So if if promotions offering you three or four fights in a year, they have all these shows lined up. A lot of, that's, there's, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of shows that have that. So if if you're offered a fight if you're offered a contract by those, by those it's hard to turn them down. Yeah, understand. Um, to go fight for five hundred quid somewhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fraser over on Twitter has Dana's credibility been tarnished with the ongoings recently? Refusing to say whether Habib's teammates are still out of the UFC, it's clear that Habib won that argument. Looks like Dana will be. Uh, uh, I don't know what Dana, but anyway, what has Dana's always he's saying, always been uh, like that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it. I don't think he has been tarnished because he's always like that. Like, I I said it like if they're back in the UFC. No, there was a tweet came out saying, "Oh, um, Artem's fight with as uh, Tuhugov is off because of the NSAC looking into what happened." It's like what the NSAC Dana White said he was caught. Like what what are you talking about the NSAC for? So that looks immediately like he's gone back. But like a lot of people replied to me saying, okay. "Oh, this is Dana White." My press conference that turns out not to be true is just like come on, like, yeah. every time. Exactly, but you, you have to keep calling him out on that. And I know like people might get frustrated and not understand that. But if Dana White says something, he goes straight back on it. You have to call him out on it. You know, you have to call him out on it. So you know, yeah, but the the the, the ESPNs and news people that are going to pick up on that story are going to pick up on it the day after, and it's going to look oh it's strong, and they're not going to come back and be like oh he never fired those guys. That's true. Come on. Yeah, True. Avid end fan. Who would Habib have to beat to become the GOAT, in your opinion? I think he can become 155 pound GOAT with a dominant wins over Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee, and GSP. Uh God. Well, God. the best person at the moment is is the best person uh, ever, nearly always at the top of the division. In terms of yeah, in terms of skill, but in terms of like greatest know, of all time. Yeah, 
I think there's different arguments. I think, I think there's reason. I think there's the best fighter of all time, and then there's the greatest fighter of all time, which makes makes little sense, you know. Like I, th- <laughs> I, I think you know. It's, I, all I, the pound for pound and greatest and world class and all this stuff. It's, it's also it's subjective. Much. It is People very subjective. So di- very different opinions on what it means. Yeah. So it's like I have to clarify the question before you give the answer. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and like if you say the the best fighter in the world at the moment is the greatest of all time, I I actually don't disagree with that, but I do disagree with it. Most <laughs> of the time, same maybe time. like you know, yeah. maybe like you know, Idris Johnson isn't isn't the champion, but maybe he's a better fighter than Henry Hudo. We'll, we'll, we'll probably soon find out when mm. they have a rematch yeah. or a couple of rematches or whatever. But usually, like yeah, I think the the top guy in the division, Daniel Cormier, maybe isn't maybe. Uh, John Jones would, would probably beat him again. Like if, if they fought, I definitely wouldn't be betting on Daniel Cormier anyway. But that's for a different reason. But a lot of the time, the, the guy who's the best, considered the best in the division, is the greatest of all time now because the, the sport is evolving so quickly, so quickly. Yeah. Um, let me just mention here Cage Warrior as well. But before we uh, before we move on, um, the, the main event Ross Houston against uh, Paterno last night. Was a really good back and forth fight. Uh, Dean Truman had a good win. Aiden Lee as well, very very impressive. Um, I, I the decision was very close. Houston got it. I think I think it should have been a draw. But I, I, if someone was to win it, I think Houston was. And I think you know a lot of those uh, a lot of those cards were fine. Here. But another really good card from Cage Warriors. You know we talked about Ireland earlier on. Hopefully Cage Warriors can come back to Ireland. But you know it doesn't look like they're coming back anytime soon. But uh, yeah, another another good card for for Cage Warriors anyway. So I have to. I have to uh, to mention that there. Let's get to a couple more questions before we get out of here. Um, Avid Anal fan again, <laughs> which, is a, which is a great name. What does the rest of Tyron Woodley's career look like? How how long does he fight? Does he move up to 185? Uh, and what? Uh, how does he do it? Does he become a bigger star after the Kobe fight? No, he does. He definitely doesn't become a bigger star after the Kobe fight. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's gonna ever be a star. It depends what you mean by star, but no, I don't think. I don't think you're going to hear people in the street talking about Tyron Woodley ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Don Stickney, after losing Nate versus Dustin, now Rockhold, um, Branch versus Jack Reified with a cobbled together last minute main event. How does UFC 230 rank? <clears throat> he will certainly be the lowest bought MSG card so far. Yeah, it, it probably will, although I'd have to look at the other ones. But I still think Daniel Cormier is in. Daniel Cormier, I think, has become a bit of a draw himself just because he's had yeah, big fights. He's got TV punditry as well. Like, and he, he's. The Brock He's, uh, thing as well. Yeah, even a little bit of was he was he on WWE's TV at one stage? No, he wasn't. But they mentioned him a couple of times. Oh, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the kind of stuff is does kind of like kind of even subconsciously put you into people's into people's heads. And maybe they see see you on a, a, a on TV. They're more likely to, to see what you have to say for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're promoting a fight and they're like, "Oh, this two way champion," they're like, "Oh, maybe." Maybe they don't have plans on the Saturday night. Maybe they end up buying a pay per view, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't think. It's going to, I don't think the numbers are going to be. Maybe three hundred thousand mm-hmm. around there. Yeah. Uh, Don Stickney again asked. Uh, seems like Nate not interested in rebooking the Dustin fight um, with the Connor trilogy up and now. Uh, what does Dustin do next? Is there a fight that makes sense for him? Winner of Lee Ayaquinta. Yeah, I think the winner of Lee Ayaquinta probably makes sense for for Nate. It's you know it's difficult, and we'll, we'll probably talk about that over the next coming weeks when when things happen. We talked about it last week as well, I think. But it's you know Nate's not going to come back from anything. I don't think he's probably going to take that Paria fight again. He's probably going to wait out now that Conor McGregor's free and see if that fight is there. But yeah, I wouldn't expect to be seeing Nate over over the next while. But that fight's not there though at the moment. I don't think. I think that Nate knows that. Why? I, I'd say like I'd say Nate knows that like. 
he needs to fight. Like he hasn't fought in ages. Like he's gonna need to fight. Yeah. Why? What's you can't just wait around for Connor. You can't just wait around for Connor uh, forever. Like there's a lot of talk this week that they're gonna make Ferguson versus Habib and not the McGregor fight next. Well, maybe maybe that's because McGregor doesn't want to fight in the next six months or next three or four months or whatever. Maybe he wants to wait till next summer and they, they'll have him fight the winner of that. Like that's. Mm. What, do you think that'll be? I think that's probably the most. I don't know rumors in MMA. Like it's just yeah. so. I don't know. Yeah, it's we'll weird. see if there's anything if anybody of, of credibility says anything mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Owner Athlete how long until the UFC stops doing pay-per-views outside of McGregor they have nobody who can crack one million buys constantly and pay-per-view revenue has declined in the last few years surely it's time they went all in streaming Bef- this is- well, before McGregor yeah. even came along at all as a pay-per-view star they were saying this you know mm-hmm. people come along and maybe it won't be just McGregor's time where they're doing two two and a half million has there been any clarification on those numbers no Dave Meltzer said 2.4 yeah so yeah, you listen to the the, the yeah. observer or the. Actually, uh, I'm, I'm going to steal another great point from Dev Meltzer. He made the other day, and I, this is a big thing this week as well because Canelo Alvarez is signed with the Zone, so he's not going to be on pay per view anymore. So, like, there's no other. Conor McGregor is basically the only other pay per view star still fighting. Manny Pacquiao a little bit, but I, I think he's probably gone off the way and fly Mayweather. I don't know if he's fighting again, but McGregor's the only one there. Like the WWE aren't doing pay per views anymore. What do you think Lesnar yeah, can do? On, yeah, on maybe, but maybe he's gonna have like one more fight. Like it's it's five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, maybe. Maybe he did. Uh, yeah, he, he could do. That's a, a lot of money down pay-per-views. Yeah, but uh, the, the point he is, can do a million? I don't maybe. think he can do a million he, anymore. No, but that's the point. Like the point is, people are going to be more willing to actually buy these UFC pay-per-views because there's no other pay-per-views. Like you know, there's no yeah, boxing Gavin pay-per-views. Yeah, Gavin sixty quid two weeks yeah, ago. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's no WWE pay-per-views. There's there's nothing else. So I think you know. Very good point. Yeah, we're, and and that's Dave Meltzer's point as well. As I'm seeing it, but I was thinking. Yeah, of course, it's not yours. You wouldn't make a great point. I wouldn't make a great point like that. I think that's interesting. I think it's another reason why pay-per-view won't go from the UFC for a while. But it's it's definitely interesting times ahead. Sean Dini, if Eddie Alvarez looks his best in one FC lightweight division, not having to cut the one fifty. Could it have an effect on the overall weight cutting culture in the male world, right? Or do you think no. it will go on on us now? Won't make any difference. Nobody's going to notice anything happening yeah. in the one MC. Yeah, I was actually. There's a great article by uh, John Nash. Like, ask ask a casual MMA fan that came along since McGregor, who Ben Askren is, and if they know him, it might be because McGregor called him Pubehead, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, that's that. it seriously yeah. that's the only reason they're gonna know but read uh, uh, read over in bloody elbow that john john nash article great article on the the money behind one fc and everything like that and they've you know they've they've got a lot of money put into them and what what they're doing is they're building up a f- and they have a huge fan base over in asia like there's they fill out crowds they have lots of fan base what they're doing is building up that fan base and then try to monetize it now they've got a lot of funding and stuff like that but whether that's going to work or not it's hard because lots of uh, ones have tried to do that before, like Elite XC, and I'll read his article, he can explain it better than me, but it's, it, 1FC, like, they have lots of money now, they're going to sign lots of fighters, and it's a big couple of years for them to see whether they can get traction or whether they'll die, and one of those two things is going to happen over the next couple of years, I think. So it's it's, it's actually interesting times ahead for 1FC, like, if you're 1FC for the last three years, like Brian Askren, that's, like, the worst time you could be with him because they're trying to build, and, you know, it wasn't helping you, but over the next few years Eddie Alvarez you know might have been this could be a great decision for Eddie Alvarez or it could be you know a decision where he's back in, in Bellator or the UFC in, in uh, 18 months or something like that but let's see it, it, it's an interesting time uh, Sean Dini what's your favourite type of BJJ submission um, I, lo- I love a triangle you know yeah I was going to say I love a triangle yeah. like, Paul Sass back so, in the day yeah just that Anderson Silver triangle of jail as yeah. well so yeah. epic yeah, I love the flying scissor heel hook that Rio Chonin yeah, <laughs> landed on Anderson Silva. Oh, unreal. You love a bit of Anderson, don't you? you love yeah. There's... Oh, I watch. I just watch Anderson fight a lot, like a lot, like I show ha- people, like you know, who weren't into MMA. I'd be like, oh, look at this. This is like you have a career pack you download, like off some some 
on the unnamed <laughs> current website and uh, uh <laughs> you'll have the whole career there somebody would have like some hardcore fan would have gone to the fucking because like, the videos are very hard to find there was no there was no fucking barely even youtube like youtube was terrible like back in the day like mm-hmm. you, you, people didn't really it was hard to find you just had to you just had to search high and high, high and low to fucking find people's fights even top guys like Anderson Silva uh, so you get these career packs you like you show your friends like oh check out this guy he's fighting next week or whatever he's fighting this guy and here's a few of his previous fights and mm-hmm. and Anderson's a real good real good person to show because it's like even people who don't like MMA are like wow this guy's unbelievable like you know it's it's hard to even if you don't like MMA it's so he was so smooth and, and flowy and different than everybody else mm-hmm. that that even you know front kick knockouts and stuff like that as well like and just it was just a good way to introduce people to to MMA so uh, I, I, I'd i I've watched a lot of those fights with people mm-hmm. and so that's a, like I remember a lot about a lot of Anderson Silva fights <laughs> no, a good one yeah uh, last question here from Sean Dini if you had to pick someone to play you in a movie who would it be I, I'll pick your one you can pick my one which is, <laughs> play you in a movie? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna say, I'm gonna say for you. What Kenneth. about that guy? The yeah. guy in uh, the guy we met in Eddie Rockets that looks exactly like yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> no, he doesn't look like me anymore. <laughs> He's not an MMA fighter. How dare you? <laughs> how, how do you know? <laughs> Maybe that's a, yeah, I don't. I don't. He's trying to say you know every single MMA fighter in Ireland. He's like Mr. Yeah. Irish MMA. Mr. Now. Irish MMA. I've always been Mr. Irish MMA. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Irish on to you. Irish. Exactly. I I pick Kenny Florian for you. I think Kenny Florian would be the man to play you in a film. Somebody told me I looked uh, I looked like Matt Mitrion before. <laughs> there was someone, there's someone you look like. There is one fighter you look like, isn't there? Remember we were talking about it before. Over oh, it was weird. I, I never thought I looked Russian anyway, but when we were over in Moscow. <laughs> to a couple of people asked, started talking to me in Russian, and I was like, "Oh, I don't speak Russian." They were like, "Oh, I thought you were Russian." And I was like, "Oh, oh <laughs> ginger beard, like what?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who who have you an MMA fighter for me? I'm picking Kenny Florian for you. I think you're uh, a bit of the Kenny Florians, like just try. Kenny Florian when is at one forty five as well or one was it one thirty no one forty five yeah that's you. That's you I don't know. Just call Conrad because you haven't seen him and yeah. we, need, we need more call, call, we call need more Conrad. Conrad so that's a, that's we could segue him in here. I could, we could. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ryan Nelson, but I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh that's it thanks everybody for listening i enjoyed this podcast this week i think it was fun and the next time there's no mma news we'll do it again uh like this and have a talk a bit of shite and stuff uh thanks everyone for listening really appreciate your patronage and your listening if if you actually don't even want to sign up for patreon go over to itunes leave us uh leave us um a review and give us like five stars or whatever please do that thank you very much uh we don't ask for it often enough we, we probably should uh thanks everyone for listening um and we'll end it here on the inspirational quote of the week the greatest mistake you can make in life is to continually be afraid you will make one we'll see you next tuesday or monday or sunday